in us this word. Let it settle in your spirit. Claim it for yourself. Receive it. It's the word of the Lord to you as an individual. So as he just plays softly, I want you on your own just to tell the Lord, Father, I know that is mine. And that thing that you've been wanting him to do for you, give it to him. And tell him, Lord, I believe you've overturned it. I believe you've turned it around. I believe everything now is in my favor. I believe a new thing has come. Oh God, I receive it. I receive it. Lord, I receive it for myself. I receive it for this church, for every man, every woman, every boy and every girl. I receive it for all of us. I receive it for my children. Ah, oh, I receive it, Lord, for myself. You're doing a new thing and it is marvelous in our sight. Lord, thank you for your presence. Thank you that you're here with us. You have come to meet with us, to feed us your word, to establish you, to establish us in you, Lord. Father God, as I bring your word this morning, I pray, O oh God, that you hide me behind the cross. Lord, let everything that comes forth from this pulpit be everything exactly the way you want it to be. Have your will, Lord. Have your will, Lord. Have your will, Lord. Change us, Lord. To you be all the praise. To you be all the glory. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Isaiah 50 verse 4, please. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me money by money. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Just some quick announcements. On Saturday, we have our candlelight service from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. Please try and be here. We don't have service next Sunday. The, we have service this Wednesday, but no service on Sunday and no service on Wednesday the 28th. Uh, we'll be back after Wednesday on the 1st to have a great service for the Lord. I'm excited to what God is do, going to do on that day. And 2023... God gave us a proclamation that is going to be a year of great exploits. Exploits with an S, not just one exploit. God is going to be doing, I mean, every one of us, I really want you to, at least something that you want to do for the Lord. Every year we come in here, we do our New Year resolutions, and we tell God, this is my list for you to do for me this year. But in 2023, as you're writing your list for the Lord, you also take a paper and say, Lord, if you do this for me, this is what I will do for you. Because in this kingdom, really, the Bible says when you seek him first, then all those things will be added unto you. Let's not be looking for those things and putting him second. Let's put him first. 
and I trust you. I trust God and I believe that he will give you all the desires of your heart. Amen. Also, our offerings and our tithes have dipped. For some reason, I believe everybody that's homesick, um, Christmas, everybody's kind of held back. But please give your tithes and your offerings because the church still has to be run, okay? We have a TV ministry Every quarter, every three months, we have to pay $13,000 to keep that going. And we're relying on this body to help us meet those needs and paying all the bills and the salaries. So please, don't forget in the giving of gifts and all that you still, uh, please pay your tithes and your offerings. Amen. So today... I believe God just took me to a different direction, actually on Friday, for us to take another look at Christmas. Because in the hustle and bustle of what's going on, even as believers who know what Christmas is all about, sometimes we get lost in what's going on. Oh, do Christians celebrate Christmas? Oh, do we have trees? Is that a pagan culture? Do we do this? Do we do that? And I said, Lord, what is this that even believers have this issue and this trouble? And he said, the reason is the enemy wants to take our focus away from what is really the important thing when it comes to Christmas. And that's what I want us this morning to take another look. As believers, as followers of Christ, what is Christmas? What is Christmas? What happened on Christmas Day? Because once you really understand that, it doesn't matter if we celebrate it in March, in August, in October, in December. It doesn't matter if you have a tree in your home. It doesn't matter if you have mistletoe or whatever. It doesn't matter if you really understand and take another look at Christmas. Every believer must celebrate Christmas. Every one of us must set time aside. Not even just only on Christmas Day or during this season. All the time. To celebrate Christmas and what it means for you and for me. Christmas is all about Christ. And as a believer, never make the mistake of saying happy holidays to somebody. There are different holidays of the year. And it's a festive season, all right? But Christmas is about Christ. Don't make a, a, a mistake of saying seasons greetings. There are different seasons of the year. But Christmas is about Jesus. It's about Christ. No matter what the enemy does, it's always going to be Christ mass. So don't fall into that trap of the enemy trying to make you take Christmas and make it happy holidays and, and seasons greetings. We that are the believers... Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. When you are buying a card, don't buy a card that says Happy Holidays. Don't buy a card that says Season's Greetings. Buy a card that says Merry Christmas. We have to let the world know that we know what he's done for us. We are aware of what he's done for us. If you notice, the enemy is not so much after Easter. As he is after, after Christmas. You know why? Because each time we remind him, Merry Christmas, you are knocking him on his head and reminding him what he lost. So he will do everything to make you not acknowledge 
increased mass. So we have to be aware of that. We are not unaware of his devices. Don't let all those, it's a smoke screen. Don't let it cover you, your face, so you don't know the real meaning of Christmas. We are going to go to the beginning. Because I want to lay some foundation. Just take your time. Let me do what I need to do this morning. I want to lay foundation before I start going into what Christmas really means. I'm going to go to uh, Genesis chapter 1. Give me a minute. It says here, in the beginning, excuse me, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And then before verse 2, when it says the earth was without form and void, you realize that there were a lot of years, we don't know how many years, there were a lot of years between verse 1 and verse 2. During that pause there, when God created the heavens and the earth, Thank you. God created some other spirit beings called the cherubs, the angels. And when God created them, he made Lucifer the head angel, the great worshiper. Because God needed to be worshipped. He's worthy of all praise and worship. So he created these beings without body. And he named them cherubs, angels. And one of them thought, oh, I can usurp God. I can take the power away from him. Because, oh, when I'm doing praise and worship, you see how everybody's worshiping? I deserve to be worshipped since I'm the one doing the praise and worship. And when he did that, God kicked him out. Remember, he made the heavens and the earth. He kicked him out into the earth. That's why the earth was without form and it was void. Anywhere the enemy goes to Satan, Lucifer is, there's always voidness, there's always no form, and it's always without void. And so even in the lives of people who don't know Jesus, that the enemy is controlling, no matter how beautiful they look on Facebook and the pictures they post, and the way they make you think their life is, this scripture is true. There will be void, the earth, it will always be without form, and it will be void, and darkness will be in their lives. So when the enemy fell, when Lucifer fell, the Spirit of the Lord came back and said, you know what, I'm going to do something. Hovered over that void, that darkness, and started to create the different things he created, the light, the stars, the moon, the earth, the waters. And then (laughs) he created man. When he created man, he decided to put his own spirit into that dirt. And his thinking was, since you disobeyed me, I'm going to create a being from dirt, dirt. And that being, I'm going to put him over you. I'm going to put that dirt being, put my spirit and make them my children. Do you know what that means? We are nothing without God. And when he created us, he put us in the garden, and he gave some rules. Genesis chapter 2, verses 15 to 17. And the Lord took the man and put him in the garden to tend and keep it. And the Lord commanded the man, saying, Out of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. 
But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Before then, when God created man, he says, the Godhead, Father, Son, and Spirit together, they said, let us make man in our own image and likeness, and let them have dominion. So when God created man and put him on earth, he gave us dominion and took himself out. And says, you, you have dominion. Here on earth, you are in charge. In heaven, I am in charge. And when God says something, he honors his word even above his name. He will not break his word. That's a God because of his integrity. So he handed the earth to man. And what did man do? He disobeyed God. And another beautiful thing of that is, if I'm the one creating something to worship me, to be like me, I'm going to make it, we know how we make our children do what we want them to do. But God didn't do that. He gave you a will. He gave me a will. And he said, it's your choice whether to eat of this tree or not to eat of it. Because he wanted us to love him back the way he loved us. And then, Remember the devil, Lucifer, that was cast down as a spirit? Here on earth, the only person, the only people that are legal here is if you have the spirit of God and he made a body for you. So God himself is a spirit, he's in heaven. Man is a spirit and made with dirt, given a body, we are legal here. Lucifer has, is also a spirit. He's not legal here. Satan is not legal here. So because of that, you know what he did? He went to the serpent that God created with a body but no spirit and said, give me your body. Let me go into your body and use your body to deceive the woman. And that's what happened in the garden. Satan went into the serpent went to the woman, beguiled her, deceived her, and she ate of the fruit. But you know what? The beautiful thing is, God already created the woman to carry a seed. God knew, because he's the omniscient God, he knows the end from the beginning, he knows the beginning at the end. He knew that, well, these children of mine, made from dirt, might disobey me, might do what is wrong, but I love them enough to even not want them to die. And then he created a woman with a womb and breasted so she can nurture and feed. So he made the plan. Remember Jesus died before the foundation of the earth. That's the love of God. That is Christmas. God cannot go back on his word. So when he said, if you eat of it, you shall surely die. When they ate of it, they had to die. They had to die. When he said that, when Adam ate and Eve, they didn't die physically, God cannot look at things, so his spirit was taken away. And that was the spiritual death. He lived another 900 plus years before he died physically. But when he died spiritually, that was when God left. The spirit of God was taken away from the earth. And at that time, we went into darkness. That's the story of Christmas. That's another look. We should look at Christmas again. And then, God said, you know what? This is what happened to them. I'm going to take this. I, want, I hope you all can see me. This is where God put us. 
He put us and stored us in a place. And then because we sinned, we fell and we fell into darkness. And he came and said, you know what? I have spoken that they must die if they do that. But I don't want them to die. What am I going to do? I'm not a man. I don't have a body. So I can legally go there against my word. So what I'm going to do, God, I'm going to forsake myself. I'm going to take on humanity. And through the woman that was beguiled, I'm going to come through her. That's why he said the seed of the woman will crush your head and you only bruise the feet. I'm going to come in the form of a man into their darkness, into their depravity, into everything that is ugly and bad, and I'm going to take them and I'm going to restore them to their original position. That is restoration. And you know what we've been doing? We tell God, no, that's, I don't want to be here. I want to be here. And I'm just happy with being there. He says, no. This is exactly where I put you. That's where I want you to be. Some of us say, okay, Lord, well, maybe this is too low. I want to be here. Yeah, that's good. But this is not where he put you. This is where he put you. Restoration means restore to the original position. Some of us say, okay, even there, oh, I'm going to be here. Mm-mm. This is where he wants you to be. And that is why the enemy will fight you all your life that you never get to. That you never have the dominion that he gave you. That you never become everything he created you to be. Christmas came. God came into, the, into our world to restore us back to the exact place the enemy threw us down from. That is Christmas. Amen? Amen. So, three things I want, or four things I want to bring up today. The significance of Christmas. Number one, the love of God revealed. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, hmm, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. The love of God as I did this study, I couldn't get it. To be honest with you, I just couldn't fathom it because we say the love of God, the love of God, but do we really understand the, the magnitude of what God did? God is now forever with us. Forever with us. When God made that decision to come down, he left himself and he will never, never be what he was before. He will always be a man. I know when I travel, to a country that is not as good as, you know, developed as the U.S. One week, two weeks, I'm ready to come back home. I am ready to come back to frequent electricity, heat, you know. I want the air condition in my room so I can sleep at night. Do you know what God left? Remember, Jesus is God. What he left in heaven for dirt Not only that, he knew that once he left heaven as a spirit being and took on flesh, 
He will never be fully back to what he was before. Because the Bible says, forever in heaven, there is a man called Jesus. And he ever lives to make intercession for us. He did that for you. He did that for me. Also, he separated from himself. Forsook, God forsook himself. Left himself. Separated himself for us. When he was on the cross. Do you know why Jesus was so in anguish in the garden of Gethsemane? Because he was God himself. And now he had to take on the sin of everybody. What you've done before, what you're doing now, what you don't even know you're going to do in the future. And he knew that when he took it on himself, he couldn't look at himself because he cannot look at sin. So on that cross when he was saying, Father, Father, why have you forsaken me? God forsook himself. God turned his back on himself. Can you even fathom that? Because of us. That is why the enemy will fight Christmas, make you say Merry, holiday, uh, Merry Happy Holidays, whatever, because he doesn't want us to think deeply of what God has done for us. The immense uh, uh, significance of what it means for Jesus to come. He ever lives to make intercession for us. Hebrews 7, 25. And 1 Timothy 2, verse 5 says, For there is only one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. It was John that got the revelation of this and said, Oh my God. He says, The word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten Son of the Father, full of grace and full of truth. That is Christmas. That is what we must never forget. In the hustle, in the gift giving, in the food and in the family visits, whatever, that God forsook himself for me, for you. God left everything in heaven to come to this earth. We travel and we, when we get back home, oh, thank you, Lord. And he, can, he, he came and he can never be the way he was before he became a man. He's now stuck in a body for eternity. That's what the Bible says. What love is that? I'm telling you, this weekend I fell so much more in love with God I was like, you know, if you don't understand this, that's why some people that don't understand, I'm, I'm coming to that, they don't get it, you don't even understand that. Who are you to even say, okay, Lord, I don't need you. If you, if you regret, re, re, reject him, you just die, go to hell and be with, with, the, with Lucifer and the angels, where he never wanted you to be. The love he has for you doesn't want any man to perish. That's what the Bible says. He wants all of us to live with him. But it's a decision each one of us have to make. Whether you can open your eyes and see this level of love that no man can understand and still turn your back on him, you were made from dirt. Who are we? 
Number two, the significance of Christmas is that light came into darkness. When man fell from the place God put him, he went into that void place. No form, darkness, depravity, ugliness. And God said, I'm going to send my son who is the light, the light, not a light. In John chapter 8, verse 12, and Jesus spoke to them again saying, I am the light of the world. He is the light. He's not a light. He's not one of the ways you can go to God. He is the only light that will lead you to God. He is the only light that will come there and take you out of darkness to put you back in what God created you to be. It says, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. Hmm. It says, and those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has dawned. Without Christ, you are just a breath away from eternal death and damnation. And that is a terrible, terrible place for anybody to be. Because if you don't know him and you've not accepted him and you don't live from, for him, you're just a breath away from, from eternal darkness. Why take a chance? Why take a risk like that? And if you are a Christian, if you have gotten this light, why do you take it and cover it and put it under a bushel? Nobody lights a light and put it under a bushel, the Bible says. You put it on the mountain top, on the hill, where everybody can be attracted to see your light, where you can light the way. You are the lighthouse to show people the way to God, the way the light has been shown on you. I was in, in, in some party about a year ago. I don't remember what kind of party it was. And I think it was a birthday party. And they said, oh, we are going to pray. And she said, oh, my friend came and said, Pastor Angela, hmm. I'm going to have somebody else pray because when you start praying, you start quoting scriptures and, and some of these people, is going to make them uncomfortable. I said, it's up to you. If you say you are a Christian and you don't want people to know who you are, you are taking your light and you are hiding it, that's you and God. Just as you are ashamed of him, the Bible says, if you don't acknowledge me before men, the same way he will be ashamed of you. He won't acknowledge you before the Father. As believers, be proud of what you have. You're carrying the light of the world. If you're in the restaurant, hold hands and pray. Pray. Don't shut your mouth. If you're in a party, they tell you to pray. Find one or two scriptures and quote it before you pray. Don't say that one minute, one second prayer. Let them know you're a believer. We cannot be ashamed of this great light that we have. Light stands for illumination. Light stands for knowledge. Knowledge of the Father. Knowledge of the way to live. When Jesus came as the light, he came to model the way man is supposed to live. He was the second Adam who never fell from the position he was put. He came to show us how to live, how to model for us who God was so we could see God in the flesh. That's what Christmas is all about. That he loved us so much he was willing to do whatever it takes for you to be with him in eternity. We must take this serious. The Bible says in 1 John, in him was the light. 
and that light was the light of all men. He's given every one of us, but we can reject it and say, I'd rather be in darkness than to take the light. But God is offering that light to every one of us. Amen? What is our response to that? Our response is, again, the Bible says, if you were once in darkness, it says in Matthew 5 verse 14, it says, you are now the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Ephesians 5 verse 8, it says, for you were once in darkness, but now you are the light of the world in the Lord. He says, walk as children of light. Walk as children of light. Anything that has any shadow of darkness, let it not be found among you. Anything that is not clearly light, don't even go there. Because you are now light. And everything about you must show that you are now light. Number three. What is Christmas? Christmas means we have been restored our dominion. The power to rule has been given back to us. We are not supposed to live alienated from God anymore. We are not supposed to live below our privileges anymore. We are not supposed to be satisfied with being on step one or step two when God says you're supposed to be on step four. We cannot be like that anymore. Genesis verse 1, chapter 1, verse 26 says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness, and let them have dominion. That was the plan and the purpose of God for every man, for us to have dominion. Dominion over sickness, dominion over disease, dominion over lack, dominion over emotional problems. We are supposed to be the examples for the world. Let them see us and know that one is different. That one has the light of God. That one can pray for somebody and they get healed. That one can speak and things will change. Amen? That's the dominion we must walk in. When you have the light, walk with the light and walk with dominion, with power, with signs and wonders following you. The Bible says, the children that God has given me, they are for signs and wonders. That is what Christmas is all about. Psalm 8 verses 4 to 6. What is man that you are mindful of him? And the son of man that you visit him? For you have made him a little lower than the angels. And you have crowned him with glory and honor. You have made him to have dominion over all the works of your hand. And you have put all things under his feet. All things are under your feet. Every single thing you can think of that is not for you, that is against you, is under your feet. And you can step on it, you can stamp on it, and have dominion over them. Amen? We lost so much when we fell. We lost our original image. We lost our dominion. We were spiritually dead. <clears throat> and God said, I'll restore back to you that what the first Adam lost, the second Adam came, picked it up, and restored it. 
And Jesus, after he died, in Matthew 28, 18, he says, All authority, all of it, all of it, all authority, all power, all dominion, he went and took it back from the enemy. What we lost in the garden, he took it back. And then in Luke 10, 9, he says, I give you that authority. He didn't take it back for himself. He went through all of that to get that authority back and to hand it back to us. That is Christmas. That is Christmas. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. We have not been restored to our original position. We are now in charge. We now have dominion. We now have all the power. We now have all the authority. Don't ever let the enemy tell you that you are, you are a mistake. Oh, you, you don't have what it takes. You don't have the education. You don't have the background. You are not this. No, 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 no. You have the authority. You have the power because Jesus says, I have given to you all power and all authority. Amen? Number four. When Jesus came, his birth now makes us ambassadors for him. He brought the light, he restored us, and now he's made us his ambassadors. In, the, in, in scriptures, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20, he says, now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. When you now get saved and you have the light, you now report to the king and say, I'm ready to go on my assignment. To be an ambassador for you. And I was looking at that. I said, what, what is really an ambassador? What does ambassadors do? And it, it just blew my mind. The things that an ambassador do. First of all, an ambassador is a citizen of another place. Another country sends him to a foreign country. But that foreign country that he is in, that is not his country. This is not our home. We are strangers in this world. We are just passing through. Remember I said, even if you live to be a hundred years, all really you are doing is a stop sign. Have you been a stop sign when you are driving? You get there, you stop, you look right, you look left, look right again, and you go. Your whole life, it's a stop sign. So if you think this is it, a stop sign, that's where you're going to put all your, all your eggs, build your tent, live there, let that decide what you do and what you don't do, that is the most foolish person. If this was it, the Bible says we'll be of all men the most miserable. There is so much more. A million years from now, we are just still looking at the face of Jesus. I don't understand it. Paul went into heaven and for 14 years he couldn't even open his mouth to say what he saw. After 14 years when he wanted to say what he saw, he said there are no words for me to say what I saw. Heaven is not, there's even no mind to comprehend it. No ear can hear what heaven has. And you want to let that go for just this stop sign of a life? We are ambassadors. So who is an ambassador and what do they do? What are the details of an ambassador? It blew my mind. It says they belong to a kingdom 
or belong to a country and they have a leader or a ruler, a king or a president that specially appoints them for a specific purpose, for a specific assignment. And you're supposed to go to that country and represent the country that sent you. When you are appointed as an ambassador, do you know the government that is sending you pays all your debt? Every single debt you owe, before they send you an assignment, they pay for it all. They make sure your house is paid for, any credit card you owe, everything is paid for. What did Jesus do for us? He paid all our debts. Every sin. He paid for it with his blood to make you an ambassador of Christ. Number three, the ambassador has a private line to the king or the leader that sent him. My dear, it is a good thing for people to pray for you. That's why we are here to encourage each other. But you have a private line to your king. You have a private line to God. When nobody else has that phone, because you want somebody to pray for you right away, when in the middle of the night, when those tears don't stop running down your face, you can pick up your phone and you can dial heaven and say, I need your help. And he will be there. His line is never busy. You have the direct line to him that sent you on an errand, on a specific mission. Now, do we even know what our specific mission is? If I stand you up and say, okay, what was God, what has God sent you here in this world to do? What's your assignment? Do you know? 2023 is a year to make sure you know that. And to start walking in the assignment God has given you. Number four, ambassadors are messengers of their country. They have no personal opinion of their own. An ambassador will never tell you, I think this is what's to be done. Everything is going to say, my country, my country, my country says this, my country believes in this. Let me tell you something. The laws of this world, the rules of this world will continuously change. Today, man and a woman can be husband and wife. Tomorrow, it's not man and a man, woman and a woman. You don't know what next year is going to bring. You don't have an opinion about anything. Every opinion you have must be the opinion of the one who sent you. If it's what God says, with all authority, you can say it. But my dear brothers and sisters, if God has not said it, you have no opinion of your own. You did not send yourself. No ambassador goes to say, this is what I think. No. This is what I believe. No. Everything an ambassador says is what the country that sent him said. So we don't have any opinion of our own. Number five, they are on a special mission with a specific purpose and an assignment. I already talked about that. Number six, laws of the host country does not apply to them. If, there, if, if anything is going on in that country where, God sent, where the president or leader sent them, it has nothing to do with them. Although they are in a foreign land, every law, every, uh, everything that has to do with their country is what they live by. That's what they live by. 
and the, the country there, if they, if they say, okay, that's not our law, you broke our law, they cannot arrest them because they're not supposed to live by your law. They live by the laws of the king that sent them. So we cannot allow the laws of this world to be what is, is keeping us. The, the world tells you, oh, you are, you are nothing because of this, that. Meanwhile, the Bible has told you, you can do all things to Christ who strengthens you. Who are we to believe? We don't live by the law of this world. No matter what the enemy tells you, no matter what the world tells you, we don't live by the world's laws. We live by the laws of the kingdom of God. Amen? Then number seven, the last thing before I will pray this morning. They are the first to be evacuated. <laughs> this one blew my mind. They are the first to be taken out of that country if there's any trouble, if there's any unrest, or if there's any war. They you know what the U.S. would do if their soldiers that they sent or the ambassadors are in another country and there's a war about to start? They will send the special forces, angels... They will send whatever they need to do to get them extract. They call them extraction. To extract them out of that trouble. To extract them out of it before the first shot is fired. Christ is coming for us again. He's going to come to extract us from this world before the world falls to pieces. If you are living for him, you don't have to worry. Before the rapture comes, before all of that happens, before the world is destroyed... Christ is coming back for us. He's coming back, the Bible says, with a shout. The heavens will split open and with a host of angels, the special forces, they'll come and get us. And it says the dead will rise in Christ and we who are alive and remain will be caught with him in the air and he will take us out of this place. Isn't that just awesome? You see how God plans... The Bible, I mean, if you don't believe God, sometimes I just say, people that don't believe God, I don't know what, what is wrong in their head. Because if you read this Bible, it's the most, sometimes I can't sleep. Everything ties up to everything. Every single word means something. When God says something, I mean, Cyrus wasn't even born 400 years before. God gave a, test, a, a, a prophecy and named him. Mary with Jesus had no clue when she was going, when the Romans came in and, and took over Israel to oppress them. And they said, okay, let's go count. Let's go do a census. They didn't know they were fulfilling for prophecy that was over 800 years old. God speaks something, you can bet your life he will do it. If you're holding on to the word of God, any promise of God, you can go to sleep. No matter what it looks like, God honors his word above his name. The word of God will never return to him void. We can rest in him. He's coming back for us. He's coming to take us out of this ugliness. Out of this pain. But we have to be ambassadors for him. We have to realize that what he did for us started with Christmas. Started with what we are celebrating this week. Don't ever let go of that. Don't ever forget that. And that's why God said, let's revisit. Let's go back and see what Christmas is really all about. That God left himself. That he became man. And from now on till eternity, there will always be a man in heaven. Left it all for, you, for us. Death. 
brought the light of God into our darkness. I don't know about you, but I know before I got saved, the darkness, the pain, how lost and void I felt. And I know the peace I have. Things happen and I cry and I'm in pain, but I still have my peace. The peace that passes all understanding. You can't understand it. How can you be in peace? How can you, can you be so at peace when your whole world is upside down? That's because we have the light. We have the Prince of Peace. So today, if you're here and you don't know the Lord, you've never accepted Him as your Lord and Savior, please, I'm pleading with you. Today's your day. What better time than this season we're in for you to say, Lord, I didn't realize you did all this for me. Stand to your feet with me this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everyone close your eyes. And for those watching on television, the same applies to you. If you don't know Jesus, you've never accepted him as Lord. Or if you know him and you got that light, but you have allowed your light to become dim. You've hidden your light under a bed. You've covered your light with a cloth. And your light is no longer shining. You are no longer an ambassador for him. Or even though you are a Christian, you have the light of God, you have been defeated, defeated, defeated by life. You are living below what God has put you to live as. If you are here this morning, or if you are watching at home, or watching on television, I just want you, wherever you are, here or home, or wherever, raise your hand up. If you've never accepted Jesus, or if you've accepted him as a believer, but you are not shining as the light, you are not living in dominion and authority, and you are not being an ambassador for Christ. Let me see your hand up this morning. Any of those categories, if you fit in there, let me see you this morning. Hallelujah. 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 Repeat after me, dear Jesus. I thank you for coming into the world to being born as a baby for me to restore me back to my original position Lord I accept you today as my Lord and my Savior oh I receive your light into my life I live in dominion I live in authority and I am your ambassador from this day forward in Jesus' name. Let me pray for you. Father God, I thank you. Oh God, there are no words to thank you for what you did for humanity. For what you did for us when Jesus came as a man. Born as a man to restore us back to you. Lord, we worship you today. We thank you today for the love that you have for mankind. We ask, oh God, that you always make us to know, to reflect on this. Father, we have been in your presence today. Lord, I pray that your word has taken root in the heart of your people. And that we will go out of this place with the acknowledgement of the thing, the great thing you have done for us. To you be all the praise. To you be all the glory. Oh, we give you praise, Lord, in Jesus' name. 
We want our prayer partners to please come out. If you are here, you need to be prayed for. You are sick in the body, you need to be prayed for. You have a need, you need to be prayed for. Someone to agree with you. Please come out, let's pray with you. And for those who don't have any prayer requests, raise your hands up. Let's just, let me bless you with the favor of the Lord this morning. Oh, let your week be blessed with the favor of the Lord. I pray over you this morning that as you go this week, God will give you an exceptional miracle, an exceptional breakthrough, that you will come back with testimonies of the goodness of God, that His mercy, His goodness will follow you all the days of your life. In your going in, in your coming home, that you are blessed and no one can curse you. Receive your blessing, receive your favor for the week. In Jesus' name, and the people of God said, Amen and Amen and Amen. Amen.